do you crave daily motivation and want valuable tips for dealing with the stress of type 1 diabetes? Sign up for our daily email and start your day with a practical type 1 diabetes and mental health tip delivered straight to your inbox. It's like a personal boost for your day, from me to you. And best of all, it's absolutely free. Don't wait. Go to www.thediabetespsychologist.com forward slash tip and subscribe today because every day with type 1 diabetes deserves a healthy start. That's www.thediabetespsychologist.com forward slash tip. This podcast is brought to you by Ultra Rapid Acting Inhaled Insulin. Do you ever feel like living with diabetes makes you not as good as everybody else? Like something's wrong with you? And do those messages ever get reinforced by your friends, your family, your healthcare team? That can be a deflating experience and it can really impact your self-esteem, your self-worth and make you wonder, is my life worthwhile? Welcome to the Live Free with T1D podcast brought to you by the Diabetes Psychologist. This is the only podcast where we teach you to build your type 1 diabetes stress management plan like a sailboat. You are the captain, your diabetes management is the hull, your mindset is the sails, your behavior is the rudder, and your support team is the crew. When you build your sailboat correctly, you will have smooth sailing in your life with type 1 diabetes. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Heyman, and in this episode of the podcast, I coach Anita. Anita lives with type 1 diabetes, and over the past couple of years, she's developed some complications. Anita also lives in Indonesia, a country that doesn't have the resources that we have in the U.S. to be able to manage diabetes and support folks with type 1 diabetes. Anita's struggling because she's trying to figure out where her worth is, and the messages that she's getting from her culture are not helping. In this episode, we focus on the captain of the sailboat, and that is Anita. We help her identify what her mission is so that she can feel worthwhile, see her life is worth living, and find ways every single day to move forward in that mission. If you've ever felt that having diabetes makes you feel like a second-class citizen, this episode is for you. Anita, so glad to have you on the podcast today. Welcome. Hi, I'm honored also to yeah, be here. Yeah, great. So as we get started, I want to hear a little bit about you and, and your story. I know that you're, you live in Indonesia and you've lived with diabetes for a long time. So tell us a little bit about, uh, well, first of all, your life with diabetes, you know, your history, as well as what it's like living with diabetes in, in Indonesia. Um. I'm Anita Sabiri from Jakarta, Indonesia. I have type 1 diabetes since 1993. It's been 26 years with type 1 diabetes. Um, coming from Indonesia is, is interesting because since we're coming from a low-middle-income country, so we face challenges. Um, luckily, nowadays, uh, our insurance covers the medical costs, the healthcare professionals, and also lab works, including insulin, but not glucose strips. And I think the major challenges is in Indonesia is inequality access of healthcare professionals. I'll keep in mind that Indonesia, we consist of 38 provinces, 17,000 islands. 
<laughs> so I'm seventy thousand islands. Yes, yes, yes. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was lucky to live in Jakarta, which uh, enabled me to, um, to have a, a good access of healthcare facilities. Yeah, and did I hear you correctly that you said that that the the healthcare system pays for insulin and lab work and medical professionals, but not test strips? Yes. So you're not able, so you're not, so people who can't afford to pay for their own test strips cannot monitor their blood sugar. Is that correct? Yes. We are still working on it. We're advocating for the glucose strips coverage. Wow. That must, that must be very challenging, both from an advocacy point of view, but also from a diabetes management and anxiety point of view. I would imagine if you don't know what your blood sugar is, it's that causes lots of worry, distress, and anxiety for people. Yes. We call it like shooting arrow in the dark. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So tell me a little bit about what your challenge is right now. What are the, what are the things that you want to talk about in this podcast and how can I, what are the things that we can, we can work on to help you um, deal with diabetes better? I know that you're dealing with some burnout and some distress around complications and, and which is really challenging. I developed complications after I had my second baby. Okay. I had preeclampsia. So um, I had kidney complications. I also have diabetes retinopathy. Um, I had vitrectomy surgeries for both eyes. It's around like four or five years ago, which lead to cataract. And when I developed cataract, I have to quit some activities that I love to do, such as painting or playing my violin because I can't see well. Okay. <laughs> and um Really with kidney, um, it creates confusion at first because there's a lot of changes, especially on, on meal plan. Mm -hmm. Usually as a, people with diabetes, we, we can carb count and adjust our insulin dose, right? But when you have kidney complications, you also have to know oh, what mineral inside the food that we're going to eat. The purine, the potassium, and the other minerals. And it's really great confusion. I mean, during my one till two months, after diagnosis, I got really confused on what to eat because I, I'm scared as well. I have a baby, a newborn baby, and I double complications. I mean, I, I want to live as long as possible to see my children grow up. Yeah. So and the stress of having a newborn plus complications, that really must have been, must be challenging for you. Yeah. And, and I can't breastfeed my children because like my kids, because I got a major hypo afterwards. Mm -hmm. And it's um, dealing with complications and and fearing that I'm not being a good mother to them. And mm -hmm. I'm, I'm I'm not fulfilling the society expectation as a good mother because I can't yeah. breastfeed them. And oh, um, okay. in some point, yeah, and in some situations that um, I should have accompanied them to social events, but I can't due to my health condition. Mm -hmm. What about your, I'm curious, what about your health condition makes it challenging for you to go with them to social events? Um, because I have multiple NCDs. So not only diabetes and diabetes complications, I also have asthma, thalassemia. Okay. Um, I also have cardiomyopathy. So mm -hmm. it took, I mean, it's a lot of, it's a lot of load just yeah. going out just going out. Yeah. Because I need to make sure that I have my Ventolin, my Simbicard, I have my medicine 
and also have celiacs have to make sure that the meals provided will be gluten free. I mean, those kind of. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I'm curious, living in living in Indonesia, how how is it being having celiac disease? Is it easy to find gluten free options? Is it is that something that is now you're shaking your head? No, no. Okay. no. Yeah, I just I mean, I, luckily I love to bake, so I often made celiac gluten free snacks by myself. Okay. Yeah. So you mentioned you mentioned a couple of different things here. The the first is. Um, the, with retinopathy and having cataracts, <laughs> ha- having challenges doing things that you love, like painting and playing your violin. Um, yeah. The second is feeling like you're not a good enough mother because you're not able to breastfeed because, because of the kidney complications that you have. Yeah. And then um, which of those is most challenging for you? Which is the, which is the one that you want to focus on today? Um. Burnout, burnout challenges because um, not only burnout, mm-hmm. uh, also, also cultural pressure because okay. um, we, Indonesia, we consist of 1,340 tribes. Okay. We have a different culture and um, I'm coming from a culture where girls or women are our second citizen mm-hmm. and, where you, and when you have uh, disease or chronic conditions, it will be considered as a burden. Okay. And it's it's really difficult. Yeah. Um when when I got COVID, which means I have to be hospitalized and I develop complications and so on. Um, there's a point where the society seeing me as I'm nothing, I'm no one. Okay. And um it's, it's really difficult because I don't even have the 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 power to to just said anything because the society take my rights and feel that they have the ability to make a voice for myself. So they, yeah. they consider me as, as nothing. Yeah. In what way did they do that? I'm curious. Um, so they don't allow me to go out okay. from home. And I wasn't able to go anywhere without uh, a family or a relative, I, I have to be accompanied by someone. Okay. And then there's some situation that they made decisions on my behalf. Okay. Medically? Um, or around your life? Regular life, like going to somewhere and yeah, they, 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 they made the decision whether I can go out or not. Okay. And was that because of COVID and because you had COVID or was that because the diabetes and other, the other complications that you're having? Because I have diabetes and other complications. Okay, so really, just feeling and be, be feeling and being powerless in your life—that yes. must must be challenging. And you mentioned burnout. So talk a little bit about the burnout that you're experiencing. I I, I can't imagine. <laughs> yes, because I mean, I'm after twenty six years with, with type one, and then I juggle complications, which means a lot of med- medicines, and mm-hmm. I have multiple NCDs, which means oh, more medicines, and. I mean, I always believe that I'm doing this because I want to live as long as possible to see my children. Mm-hmm. But when the society considers me as nothing, the, 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 the motivation just gone. 
I mean, I feel like I'm useless. I mean, there's no, I mean, there's no need for me to, to, to be around anymore. Mm, okay. Yeah. That must be a very hopeless feeling. Yeah. Because um, it, I mean, it's really hard because when you, when you go out, I mean, even you in your own family, your, your closest family, your, your parents are your spouse. And then they, they, they told me that Anita can't do anything. She's nothing. Okay. It really hurts a lot. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I mean, I, I'm at home taking care of my kids, taking care of the house. Mm-hmm. I know I have um, multiple health conditions, but I mean, I mean, I mean, um, am I, am I losing my value because I have diabetes and diabetes complications? Yeah. And it sounds like, I mean, so that's a, that's a, a great question. And I can tell you, at least from my perspective, and, and granted, I'm, t- I'm talking from a Western point of view. So <laughs> I, I, know, I know that our, our, our cultures are very different. That the answer is no. Um, and, and we can't, and right now we can't change Indonesian culture. We can't snap our fingers and make, make that change. But, but I'm curious, what can you control it within your environment right now? Um, in terms of your your children and your family and, and what and the, what what you're doing to care for them, um, despite or in addition to all of the medical challenges that you're having, because I think that um, I think that for you, you know, the reason I'm asking the question is because it feels like you know the external world is making you feel out of control because of your diabetes and because of your complications, and while I wish that we could change that. I don't, I don't have that kind of power and neither do you, but I think looking at what, looking at the things that you can control and really grabbing onto those and really owning those things as, as a way of feeling like you are worthwhile and worth something even with diabetes. And, and then perhaps even the diabetes makes you stronger to be able to have that desire and have that motivation. I think it's a really important conversation to have. Yeah, I which means I mean, I wish uh, finally I I I seek for professional help. Good. I went to the psychologist and I mean and she told me that um you should prioritize yourself, just avoid the toxic environment. Mm-hmm. Just just focus on yourself. And uh I finally did. So um so I took my family. So during my endo consultation, I took my family there. Okay. And th- yeah, and that's where the fa- my family start telling my my condition at home to my endo. I mean, Anita, she's very lazy. She's doing nothing and so on and so on and so on. And you know what my endo said? She's tired. Oh, wow. She is tired. Yeah. And is that true? Are you tired? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. of course. I mean, I mean, I have multiple NCDs. I have to take care of the house. I have to take care of the kids. And they still say I do nothing. It's yeah, you, you you guys are working at cross purposes. Like the, the reality of what's happening in your world on a daily basis is different from what your family, what your society is seeing you doing, and they're not recognizing your your hard hard work with diabetes and with other medical conditions that you're trying to deal with. Yeah, yeah. and they thought as a woman, it's it's an it's a regular thing to take care of the house and the kids, but they mm. forgot that I have diabetes. Yeah. What and the fact that you're that you're doing that with diabetes and and, and all the challenges that you're experiencing is pretty incredible. And I mean, I want to I want I want to congratulate you for that. Oh, thank you. I'm just going now. 
because it's really hard. I mean, I mean, I I remember that I was crying. I, I, I was I was crying because my my own parents said that I'm nothing. It's 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 I'm just yeah. I have a couple of questions for you. The the first is I, I'm I'm so glad to hear that you went to see uh, a mental health professional. And I, I don't know much about mental health services in Indonesia, but I'm curious. Um, did the psychologist that you saw was was he or she able to validate you within the con in a way that was not in a way that was <clears throat> helpful for you, given given the the cultural um, situation that you're living in. Yeah, I mean, I I think she helped a lot because um, because the the toxic coming from my closest circle, it's my my own parents, my spouse, and I mean, it's really hard to get out from those circle, right? Yeah, and I just need someone to say it's okay to get out from that circle for mm-hmm. a while because you need to to calm yourself. And when I heard. Uh, someone, even a, 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 a healthcare professional, uh, my psych- my psychologist said that to me that Anita, you need to get out from that toxic environment. You have to prepare mm-hmm. this yourself. That's when I have this assurance. Okay, so I'm doing the right thing. When thinking about expanding your diabetes management toolkit, you may not be thinking about insulin. There haven't been a lot of new insulins to put in your toolbox. Sure, there are different brands but nothing really unique when it comes to insulin delivery, except for Afreza. Afreza, insulin human inhalation powder, is unique because it's the only ultra-rapid-acting inhaled insulin available. It's a man-made, orally inhaled insulin and is used to control high blood sugar in adults with diabetes without the need for mealtime insulin injections. Once you inhale Afreza into your lungs using the inhaler, it will start reducing your blood sugar in about 12 minutes. And it's out of your bloodstream within 1.5 to 3 hours, depending on the dose. Keep in mind that Afreza must be used with basal insulin in people who have type 1 diabetes. To learn more about inhaled insulin, visit www.afreza.com. That's A-F-R-E-Z-Z-A dot com. Afreza is a rapid-acting inhaled insulin used to control high blood sugar in adults with diabetes mellitus. Afreza may cause serious side effects, including sudden lung problems, low potassium, and heart failure. Afreza is not for patients with chronic lung disease, such as asthma or COPD. Tell your doctor if you smoke, recently stopped smoking, have ever had kidney or liver problems, a history of lung cancer, or if you're pregnant or breastfeeding. Most common side effects are low blood sugar, cough, and sore throat. Severe low blood sugar can be fatal. Do not replace basal insulin with Afreza. Afreza is not for use to treat diabetic ketoacidosis. Do not take Afreza if you are allergic to insulin. Talk to your doctor before changing your Afreza dose. Blood sugar may need to be checked more frequently. Yeah. And I think that's where I want, I think that's where it's important to focus here. in our conversation today because you are the captain of your diabetes life your life with diabetes and i know i know that sometimes may not feel that way i know i know that sometimes your culture may not recognize that but and 
one of the challenges that we experience in diabetes and also in life is that if we don't have a mission, if we don't know exactly what, 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 where we're going and why we're going there, then it's easy to get wrapped up in this toxic environment and not be able to get out of it. However, if we're able to define our mission, what, and what I mean by that is where, where we want to go, who we are and where we want to be able to go to, where, where our destination is. Then you can t- you have the ability, hopefully, to take, to take steps on a daily basis, no matter how small or big, to be able to get you there. And from what I've heard from you so far, you know, you're you're being a good mother, you know, being you know raising your kids to be good children and and loving them is definitely on your where you want to be going. Um, and I'm curious, are, are there other things that you want to be doing in your life? Um, whether they're grand and big or whether they're tiny and small, it actually really doesn't matter. Um, but I'm curious, what, what, what would you like to, your life to be about? And what, what direction would you like your life to be going in? in your, g- g- given the fact, or not, not even given, but um, in addition to the fact that you have diabetes and that, that you want to um, live the best life possible with diabetes, because I can't get rid of it, unfortunately. Um, I currently work with several diverse organizations in the country, uh, especially on children with diabetes. I, okay. I, I put so much effort towards the children with diabetes community because there's some point that I don't want them to experience what I've been through. Okay. The discrimination, the stigma and so on. It's, mm-hmm. I know it's, it, I just, yeah. If I have a chance, I just want to change their mindset or their perception towards children with diabetes mm-hmm. because I've been through those discriminations and stigma and it's, it's not, yeah, it's not helpful at all. So tell me a little bit about the work that you're doing with them. What are you, what, what work are doing with the children with diabetes in Indonesia? So you can imagine we have like 1,400 children with diabetes and they are scattered around across the nation. Mm-hmm. And, but most of the, Pediatric endocrinologists are located in in bigger island. Okay. They have to travel by boat. They have to travel by plane just to seek uh, for endo consultation. Mm-hmm. Even for buying a glucose trip, there's a mother that she had to travel by boat for a night to a bigger island that have a pharmacy there. So okay. the challenge is real, and. Yeah. And 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 we are lack of diabetes awareness as well. Uh, we receive. I mean, you, you're trying our best to to keep their their. We have to try our best to keep them alive, actually, because mm-hmm. it is difficult. Um, we lost child with diabetes, like one to child per month. Mm, wow. Because 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 we because we don't have the the the, the access. We have limited number of pediatric endocrinologists. Mm-hmm. And not, not, not too many people understand that actually diabetes will happen to children. So we, we missed a lot of chances on on on, on helping them. Yeah. So well, it's, it's a lot of homework. And it's clear from from talking to you right now and seeing this in your face and in your voice how important <laughs> it is to you. Because I've been through that. I mean, I when when I, when I was diagnosed as a child as a child. I, I, I mean, no one believed me that I have diabetes. So, mm-hmm. um, so that's where my parents decided that I 
shouldn't tell anyone that I have diabetes. And I only do my diabetes things only at home. So I don't bring my diabetes supplies at home. I don't bring my insulin. So when I went to school, that's when my blood sugar rise. Mm-hmm. That's when I got really weak. I got sent home so many times. I got bullied at school. Uh, they called me the sick kid or the broken water type because I went to the toilet so often. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not a good memory at all. It's not. Yeah. And and I, I just want I would just want it to stop. Don't let any other children with diabetes experience the same thing as I do. Yeah. And I want and I wanna I wanna congratulate you on that's the strength that you have from both going through that and also but now using that as your superpower to be able to <laughs> even in some small way to help other people not have to experience that. That that is absolutely incredible. And what I want to point out though to you is that you doing that, you having the ability and you having the passion to help other kids not have the same experience that you do is pretty it is pretty solid evidence to me that that you are not worthless and that your life is not meaningless. The fact that you are doing that and helping other people. And <clears throat> I can't control what other people are telling you, your husband, your, your family. I, I, I wish that I wish that they wouldn't do that. And I wish that, that I, that that wasn't <laughs> the case, but, but, but the reality Anita, is what you're doing and in terms of caring for your, your own children, but also caring for the, the children with diabetes in Indonesia is evidence and, and proof that you, that you matter, that your, that your life matters. Um, even, even though you have diabetes, not, not even, not, I, I don't even want to say, even though you have diabetes because, <laughs> because you have diabetes and, you know, unfortunately complications, but you, they, and the fact that you're able and, and want to do those things, even, even with all of these challenges that you have, which are very real, both physical as well as cultural is pretty incredible. Thank you so much. And, and, and I, <clears throat> I would encourage you to think about what your mission is. And it sounds like, you know, that is certainly part of it. And that every time you feel or somebody tells you that because you have diabetes and because you have diabetes complications that you're somehow lesser than, hold on to the fact that you have a bigger mission here and that perhaps your bigger mission, you, you, the, the fact that you're doing, you, the fact that you are able to continue on with that mission despite all the challenges that you have makes the mission even stronger. But I think that for you focusing on where you want to be going, because the people and the culture around you are not recognizing that, but you as a person are able to see, I have a bigger mission here and I'm going to do what I have to do to get to that mission. Even some, some days it may be very, very small steps, some days it may be, may be big steps, but to focusing on that is going to help you to move forward, no matter what the people around you are saying or how they're treating you or what your blood sugars are and what kind of complications that you have. Um, I don't, th- th- those are important things to think about, but the fact that you're moving forward in that way is going to keep you going and it's going to keep you um, going to where you, where you need to go and and make you feel like you are worthwhile. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just, I, I think 
I think so often, at least in in, in the U.S., um, and I can only speak for for the, for the U.S. is we 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 feel like we're stuck and we're not going anywhere, and that and that that is a really challenging place to be because it makes you feel like you're just treading water and trying to keep your head just just above the water enough to breathe. And I always wonder if 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 you have a mission, if you if you know, okay, I just want to get to this place. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to move in that direction in some way, big or small, every single day that keeps you from treading water. It keeps you, it keeps you above water, but it also keeps you moving forward because you have your eye somewhere. But if you don't have your eye anywhere, then you may move forward some days and sideways some days, but in the end, you end up staying right where you are, which is both not in a, in a place of burnout and hopelessness, but also just not moving anywhere. And so keeping that, keeping that um, direction in mind, I think it, I, I, ho- I hope, you know, will be extremely helpful for you, even as you're dealing with all of these challenges. Yeah, actually, um, when I visit, when I had my burnout, it was in December, mm-hmm. it triggered me that um, I have to focus on myself, no matter what happened. Yeah. I have yeah, because I mean, empower myself as a woman, although I have diabetes. And yeah, I I I did something actually. What did you do? So <laughs> yeah, actually this June we're going to have a woman in diabetes symposium. We will discuss we will discuss about women with diabetes. We will try to empower women with diabetes. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah, so we will change the stigma. Let's just why and look at that mission? I mean, so both children and women with IBs and you are you are a woman on a you are a woman on a mission. And <laughs> because I know it's 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 horrible. Because I mean, I was lucky. I was lucky, although I have this toxic environment. I mean, I still can manage to empower myself and stand on my ground, mm-hmm. but not with other women in the community. Some of them got divorced because of the complications. Yeah. Yes, they're, they're, yeah, it's, it's it's horrible, and and some of them. I mean, there, there's a lady who. I mean, he's supposed to have a dialysis, but he but she she ran away from the hospital because mm-hmm. she couldn't spare the stigma in, in in her family. I mean, it's 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 wow. just have to change the stigma. We just have to change. Do you have any information that you can send me about the symposium that you're having? I would love to be able to share it with my listeners. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, I will, will do, will do. Yeah, I, yes. I know that people listening to this podcast will want to want to know about what you're doing, the work that you're doing, and maybe find <laughs> some ways to support you. Um, yeah. And we, we, but we want to be, we we're, we are rooting for you, and we're we're on your side here, and we want to do whatever we can to empower you and support you, both as a person with diabetes, a person with complications, as, and as a woman in Indonesia who who deals with challenges that I think that most people listening to this podcast really can understand. Thank you so much. Yeah, well, because yeah, but that's the only way to, to support. Because I think the only person who understands us is people with diabetes. Uh-huh. So, yeah. so it's really hard to, to have this discussion about diabetes to other people who don't have diabetes. So, so yeah. yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think that you, that with diabetes, there are certain things that on, that only those of us who live <laughs> with it get. Um, both the way that things feel emotionally, the way that things feel physically yeah. when you're low or when you're high. And, and and having that connection, I think, is really is really critical. So, and just think of the work that you're doing in making that connection with the other women and the other children 
in Indonesia there. That that that's powerful work, and that's the mission that you can really believe in, grab onto, and and use to your advantage, both for to empower others, but also to empower yourself um, when you're feeling so so yeah. down and so so helpless. Well, Anita, yeah. thank you so much for joining me today. This has been a wonderful conversation. <laughs> thank you so I, much. I, I, I really, you. I really hope it's been helpful for you. It is, it is. Thank you so much. At the end of every episode, I give you a plan of action that you can use in your life type of diabetes today to reduce the emotional burden. And today your plan of action is sit down and write your mission. Figure out where you want to go in your life type of diabetes, why you want to go there, and how you can move forward in that mission every single day. And if you want to top it off, make sure you have some part of that mission being around empowering other people with type 1 diabetes. You have experiences, you have hurts, you have challenges that you've experienced that you don't want other people to experience. So how can you use your mission to help other people avoid the challenges that you have experienced, learn from you, and to live better lives because of it? Thanks so much for joining me on the Live Free with T1D podcast where I teach you how to build your diabetes management plan like a sailboat, so you can have smooth sailing in your life with type 1 diabetes. And I'll see you back here next week, same time, same place. Bye for now.